Hi there, Michael Zuber. Thanks for listening to the One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that the book One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible? Yes, to all my podcast listeners out there, One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible. Go check it out and please leave a five-star review. Have a great day. Hey everyone, extra special show for you today. This show was actually inspired by my mother. Yes, my mother watches my channel. It freaks me out a little bit. But uh, she said, uh, I think it was yesterday, the day before, hey, why don't you reach out to new investors, see if anybody wants to ask you questions. So I did that during our daily financial news. And Mike Jewell reached out and said, hey, I'll give that a shot. So let's welcome Mike to the show. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. So Mike, why don't you introduce yourself real quick, who you are, what you do, where you're at today, and we'll get into your questions. All right. Um, I'm an older guy. I'm 66 years old, but I've been living in Brazil for the last 23 years. Mm. Uh, my wife and I are down here as missionaries, Baptist missionaries, and worked at GM Truck and Bus in Pontiac, Michigan for 22 years as a painter. Uh, I've had real estate in the past. Uh, invested right out of high school in a duplex with a friend of mine, but then basically used that money to purchase my uh, first love nest. And through the years, uh, have had a little bit of real estate and experience, but not much. Uh, kept one of our, our last house that we lived in, in in the States for a while to be able to have something to go home to when we needed to. But that basically made me nothing because for the whole 22 years or 20 years, I had, I rented it up for six fifty a month, which was like nothing. I finally put it into the hands of a property manager and she got like 1700 right off the bat. I'm like, Oh wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kicking myself for that one. But anyway, uh, I used that to, uh, sell or actually I took a home equity loan out on that place uh-huh. to buy, uh, three places in Chattanooga, Tennessee of all places. Okay. But so my first question to you, Mike was, uh, I hear you talking about know your market, know your market. Well, here I am. I'm an, I'm an American living in Brazil and investing in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And uh, so, you know, it's kind of a weird situation. How am I supposed to know my market? Yeah. So I guess there's a couple of things to put together, right? So, right. Expat in Brazil. You're, I mean, that's got to be like, what does it take you a day to get from, to, from Brazil to Chattanooga, Tennessee, if you had to? Yeah, it takes, it's like an, uh, a, t- 10 hour flight. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. All right. So what I would do, so first and foremost, um, before we pick markets, right, we're going to talk generically so everyone can see this, right? So the first thing I would tell someone who's living far away from their investing market is the most important thing to do is find boots on the ground that you trust, right? Because I don't care what market it is. If you are relying on people that make money off of you, property managers, realtors, inspectors, all of that, um, you're set up to be taken advantage of. You're just too far away, right? So the first thing I would tell you to do is make sure you have boots on the ground that are outside that ecosystem, um, that they don't have to work for you, but they're willing to do double check things, right? Can you just drive by this? The property manager said it needed to be painted. Can you make sure it got painted, you know, and how they do is, you know, you've got to have that outside resource that you trust. I often tell people uh, it needs to be somebody that would show up at your funeral, right? That's how deep the relationship is. Because when you only rely on an ecosystem that makes a dollar out of everything you do, most people are good, but you just never know who's going to be that one person that steals from you, right? So that's the first thing I say. 
Um, let's assume you had that in Chattanooga because you have three there already. Uh, what I tell people to do is first and foremost, you need to spend some time, again, looking at, uh, again, it could be Zillow, Redfin, Realtor.com, something, and, and you need to do it for time, right? You need to do it for 45, 60. I have a 75-day challenge that it's on there. And yeah, first, you just need to look at it, right? What am I looking to buy in Chattanooga? And you need to get, you need to get, because I don't know how big Chattanooga is, but I'm going to guess it's a decent sized city, right? It probably has thousands of active listings at any one time. I want you to pick a zip code or an area of Chattanooga that you can do and that shows um, no more than 40 active listings, right? So area and then property type, three bedroom, two bath, you know, 2000 to 2,500 square feet. I don't know what that is, but I want you to look at that criteria every day for let's just say 30 days. And that's going to feel abnormal. It's going to feel like, why the hell am I doing that? What you're going to see when you do that is inventory is going to come on and off and price reduction stuff will come off and come on. And you're going to start to understand what average is, right? What is, what, what is moving in the market? And then as you build out your spreadsheet, which I want you to do, Mike or others looking at a market out of area is, okay, go ahead and figure out what the rent is, right? Rent's not 650, as you said in your earlier example, it's 1700, right? That's a big swing. Um, so figure out what the rents are, figure what, what property management is. Because for me and what I teach folks all the time is Chattanooga for three bedroom, two bath homes, 2000 square feet, there's an average cash on cash return. And that's what I want you to figure out. Um, I'm just going to pick a number. I'm going to say an average Chattanooga home produces seven and a half percent cash on cash yield down payment, make ready, closing costs, 20%, 25% down produces seven and a half. Let's just say that is, and you've done that for 30 or 45 days. Now it's time to go to work. So once you find out average, and again, remember, you've looked at your market at least 45 days in a row. Your job, if average is seven and a half, I want you to go find eight and a half or 9% deals. That's what I want you to do. I only want you to do good or great deals. Doing average deals when you're only gonna do one every year or every other year, is not the best way to do it. You should only be looking at good or great. And, and, you know, that's what you should be looking for. But let's just bring this in the context of today. I don't know Chattanooga again. In Fresno, right, Fresno is 6.5% average yield cash on cash. But today's market is so abnormal, right? Supply is usually here, but for whatever reason, supply is here today. So prices are going crazy. So you should not, repeat, not, be buying today um, because you won't get six and a half, right? You're going to get like four and a half. Never do a bad deal. If average is six and a half, don't feel like you have to chase and you have to do it. Money's burning a hole in your pocket. You got this equity line. So I'm going to go do a four and a half just because I have the money. No, cash is not trash. That's stupid saying that people throw around. Cash is options. It's freedom. It gives you the ability to wait and be patient. So when I say learn your market, what I really want people to do when I ask them is, what is Chattanooga return? What's the cash on cash? And most people can't do that because they don't know what I mean. So I'm really glad that that was your first question. Does that make sense? Yes. Yep. I, um, I actually got a spreadsheet from somewhere that kind of breaks down cash on cash and it cool. breaks down theoretic cash flow. Mm -hmm. uh, it breaks down... Um, Perfect. Several aspects. It, it includes the all of the expenses like home uh, 
home repairs. It puts down like 9% for repairs. It puts, it has the uh, property manager involved and all that kind of thing. So that yeah. at the end of the line or at the bottom line, I've got the proposed or theoretic cash flow as well as the monthly expenses. So that kind of gives me an idea of, and it also gives me, uh, I was looking at another, I was, I watched uh, Clayton Morris's, I actually saw you there on Clayton Morris's uh, YouTube uh-huh. program and that's how I started following you. But uh, there's another guy that's, his, his name is Phil and his last name's hard to pronounce. It's like Puchkiachki or something like that. And he was the one that, uh, you don't know him? Oh my goodness. Think, no, I don't think I know him. I everybody knew him. But anyway, he had this spreadsheet that broke all this stuff down and, yeah. uh, so I, I took up that from the very beginning. I've had that right along. Cool. Okay. It kind of gives me an idea of, of what, what I can spend with what I'm going to get cash flow wise. So. Yeah. And let's just, again, something that I have in my course is a spreadsheet. Mine is simpler than anything else I've ever seen out there. Cause I think some people think spreadsheets have to be big, hard and complicated. The, the cash on cash return is two numbers. There's a numerator and a denominator. The denominator is, what is my out-of-pocket cash to buy a home in Chattanooga? And that is down payment, closing costs every time. But it also is make ready. Sometimes you could buy a house that's turnkey where make ready is zero. Sometimes you could buy a fixer in Chattanooga and then you have to spend 10 grand. I want you to make sure you have that. And that's why in my spreadsheet, I talk about A, Bs, and Cs. A is turnkey, C is a total dump. So that's something that will evolve over your 45-day research. Because again, that's the denominator. Then the numerator is like you just said. It's rent minus all monthly expenses equals some supposed cash flow number. Take that number times 12, right? Because we're doing yearly calculations here. That's your numerator. The numerator divided by the denominator equals a percentage. And that's your cash on cash. So it sounds like you have something close to that, which is cool. Uh, so if I were to ask you, what is an average house in Chattanooga uh, produced? Do you know an average yet or not yet? I do not because here's what I've been doing. I've been, I've been uh, kind of uh, gauging my my thoughts and my uh, my goals on what I've got. Because what I what I did with my first three houses, I paid basically with that home equity loan. I paid cash for them. Oh, okay. And then was paying letting the third. I had another home that I took the home equity loan on and letting that pay the for the loan well then i ended up selling that house and bought another house with it so the houses that i've got right now uh, i've got four which i like to say four five doors because one's a duplex i'm cool. really up in the world with five doors but anyway, <laughs> that's good. i got uh, I, they're all paid for so that's, that's cool. in my favor yeah. and uh but now like you said the money's burning a hole in my pocket because i've saved like i've got 10 grand set aside for like emergencies like the yeah. roof blows off or whatever yeah but then i also um I also saved up like 30 grand uh, and I've got this prospective home equity loan on one of my properties for another 51 grand. So yeah. I've kind of. So let's, so let's, so hold on. So, so let's talk about all of that. Cause I want to, again, right. We're going to learn together. We don't know each other just yet. So first and foremost, congratulations having a, a, a oh shit pile of money, 10 grand, right. Case roofs blow off all of that. I just want to make sure I understand that correctly though. So that's 10 grand for all five doors. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, and how long have you had these? Uh, I actually bought the first two in 2017. Oh, okay. And I bought one in 2018 and one, two, one in 2019. Yeah. So again, realize I know nothing about Chattanooga. So I don't know price points or anything, but you might want to increase that 10 grand to like 15 grand. 
Okay. Um, I mean, one roof, again, I don't know the square footage, but one roof could take that all away, right? It could be, yeah. you know, roofs can be 10 grand. Um, I, again, just, again, somebody we're, I'm trying to help, I might, I might goose that to 15. Just, okay. And again, what I do with that money is I take that, I actually have my emergency fund in another account. I never, ever look at it. It's, it's not connected to any other thing. It is truly, oh shit, that just happened. I need to pay for it money, right? Don't ever consider uh -huh. right? So that's what I've done. Um, then the other thing to realize is I want to make folks, we're recording this June 16th, 2020, because I don't know when people are going to watch this. I only can talk about Fresno, California in detail. The market today in Fresno is not healthy. And what I mean by that is prices are rising too quickly because demand is so outpacing supply, right? And when that happens, when there's a demand supply imbalance like that, stupid shit happens, right? Prices get overpaid. So go watch Chattanooga. I do not know if it's the same thing, but if it is, you need to realize that cash and your equity line is the best thing to have. You might have to wait a year, like, because if you're in Fresno today, you may have to wait a year for the supply demand imbalance to get back to normal. And, and you just got to be comfortable with that. You should not be in a rush to buy overpriced stuff. So the first thing to figure out in Chattanooga is where's the supply demand imbalance? That would be priority number one for me is where is supply and demand? Look at it. I would look at January 2020 because that's pre-health event and look at it today. And if you can't get that data, I would call a broker or have someone you know in the market and say, hey, can you show me the active listings or the situation January 31st and then show me May 31st? And you're trying to see what's happening to supply and demand. So uh, that would be priority number one for anyone looking in a new market because some markets are very unhealthy today. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, so do you want me to ask another question? Yeah, this is you, for you. you. Whatever you want. This is free form. All right. Um, I already told you about my, um, my next plan. Well, I actually, like I told you what I've got and I'm, yeah, I sent a note about, uh, I sent a note to my, I've got, you talk about boots on the ground. I've got a couple of good friends that one I haven't even seen, but she's a realtor. That's like a cracker Jack and she's amazing. Actually, you awesome. send her a note within, within a minute, she'll respond back. If she, even if she hasn't talked to you in six months, it's like nice. crazy. But then I've also got a, a excellent property manager there in Chattanooga that has just been really a blessing too. Um, so I've kind of, and I've got the good friend that lives in Rossville, which is just across the border into Georgia. So okay. um, if I've got a, if I've got a question about a property, I can actually ask them and they'll, they'll, they'll research it for me, which is great. Yeah. Um, I saw, this is, this is a funny one. I saw one yesterday, the itching, the money itching and burning a hole in my pocket. And I, I see this duplex that was built in 1910 and it's bringing in, uh, five ten on both sides. You know, each side's bringing in five ten, and I'm like, that sounds pretty cool. So uh, it's been on the market for eighty nine days, and I talked to my realtor there, and she's like, well, the the slight problem was is that the tenant plugged in an appliance and it sparked. They called the fire department and they condemned that side of the house. Do you still <laughs> want to proceed on that? <laughs> so uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, again, that's, that's, that's the local knowledge, right? So as you're going through that story, uh, again, this is what I want people to hear, right? We're talking about, in this example, living in Brazil and investing in Tennessee. But this, this conversation could apply to living in California, investing in Texas, living in Texas, investing in Detroit. I mean, it doesn't matter. The, 
what we're doing here is the same answers for everyone. Nothing beats local knowledge, right? That property being listed for 89 days, you have to appreciate that it has been looked at by every local investor, right? Everybody, because there are other property investors in Chattanooga that saw that property day one, right? And the fact that that property made it to day 89 should always tell you that there's a surprise looking somewhere. So I'm glad that you found out this surprise <laughs> before you wrote it offer. <laughs> the other, the other, um, the other question I had for you is like, if, if, and when I get this home equity loan and if and when I invest this home equity loan in a piece of property, uh, should my goal be to pay the home equity loan, home equity loan off as soon as possible or try to, uh, try to use it in other ways as well? Um, well, I generally don't like debt on debt. Um, you know, so I'm pretty conservative that way, but it doesn't sound like you're taking equity line out on a primary residence. You're basically moving equity from a rental to a rental is what I think you're doing. That's right. Yeah. I think that's a pretty nice daisy chain. Um, you got to realize that equity lines could be called and all of that. So don't over leverage it. Um, yeah, I don't, I have no problem with that. I've done that repeatedly. So, you know, if I'm going to do it, I, I, I think that's okay. I gen just so people know, I do not generally support taking equity lines on your primary residence and using that to buy properties. And I say that having seen a lot of people suffer in the 08 crash. But in this case, we're taking equity from a free and clear rental and putting it on what would be another free and clear rental. I think that is okay. Again, assuming okay. the numbers work, uh, you're cash on cash return. Hopefully your cash on cash return is substantially higher than the interest on the equity line, which today uh -huh. should be easy to do, but that's something yep. I would watch. Okay. Um, one of the things in your book, I got your book halfway through it and, uh, cool. Um, you said, you said this, um, in your book, you talked about the importance of yield versus cash flow. And then you mentioned that it was like seeing a rainbow and a unicorn at the same time. I don't know what that means. But anyway, yeah. uh, you, you said uh, that the concept completely pivoted your future investments as you used yield rather than cash flow yep. to help you deploy the cash when it would maximize your, your yield. I didn't understand yeah. what you were talking about. Yeah, so let's just try to do some real examples here. Um, so first and foremost, there's a lot of people that talk about real estate investing that set a minimum, right? I want a minimum of $200 cash flow. I want a minimum of $100 cash flow, right? Um, have you heard that? That's, that's where we start. Well, the, the thing that I've heard is the 1% rule. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, so stuff like that, I don't really. Yeah, so, let's, so we'll walk through all of that. So let's talk about the 1% rule first. So the 1% rule is this mythical thing that that bigger pockets and other people throw around as the sign of a good deal. Uh, it basically means if it rents for a thousand, you have to pay a hundred grand or less. Hence the one percent rule. That is a at best a cute cute rule that tells you nothing because you could look at the one because again it it is so fake and artificial and misleading, right? A lot of people live in California, which is ridiculously expensive. Then they go see a price listing in Ohio. I'm just making up stuff. And it's like, oh my God, there's a 50K Ohio house that rents for 800. 
It beats the 1% rule. I'm buying it. Sight unseen, nothing else than Excel. What these people don't know is that Ohio home is overpriced. It's in a terrible part of town. You're going to have horrible tenant turnover. You're going to have terrible time rent collecting it. And they bought it because somebody on bigger pockets said only buy 1%. That is, it is a dangerous, dangerous rule of thumb that people preach. And I hate it uh, because again, it doesn't tell you anything about the market. So that's, that's my thoughts on the 1% rule. Now, cash flow. What I hear a lot of investors say is, hey, Mike, I, I want to buy and make sure the minimum I cash flow I get is $250 a door or 200 or 175 or whatever. Again, that is a very dangerous rule of thumb because you know how you fix cash flow? You just put more down, right? If you put 20% down and the cash flow is 125 bucks and you really want the house, well, guess what? You can get 250 bucks cash flow by putting 35% down. It's, it, is, it is such a meaningless number because you can always get your minimum by controlling how much down you put. Sometimes you have to put 50% down to get your minimum cash flow. That's why I hate minimum cash flow. Now to my favorite number, yield, and the only number I use. I use my yield calculator, which is like 13 rows or columns, to compare small houses with 20-unit apartment buildings. And I say those two on purpose because that's the stuff I buy. I've only bought those things. And what I do is I, I just do it all the time. How much down, how much closing costs, how much make ready, rent minus all the expenses, expected yearly cash flow. I do the math and I'm there. And that's, that's, that lets me know. I mean, the yield calculation I use could compare a 512 square foot single one bedroom house with a 20 unit apartment building. I just did that six months ago. And it told me the house was a better deal, right? The house was a better use of my cash flow. These bigger is better idiots will tell you to buy the 20 units because it's more, right? It's more important to own doors. No, it's not. It is more important to have your cash working hard for you. And if the market says a little 500 square foot house works harder, then buy the 500 square foot house, not the 20 units. These arrogant people that just want to say they have units that means nothing to me. You can go broke buying 20 units just like you can go broke overpaying for houses. So that's why yield is so important. It's the only number I use. It is the only number I use and because it tells me how hard my cash is working. Oh, that sounds cool. Uh, this next question is kind of personal. I might sure. not want to answer it to everybody. I don't know. But uh, I know that you, you have a course yeah. that you, you give. And I'd just kind of like to know what that's all about and, and how much it is. You don't yeah. have to tell me how much it is. If you no, want it's, I, I answer all questions. I mean, there's very few okay. questions I won't answer. And, and the ones I won't answer are very private and you would never ask them. So the course is $199. Um, it's cheap on purpose because what I'm trying to do with the rest of my life is reach down and pull people up. Uh, I've had people tell me it could be sold for a lot more, which doesn't interest me. Uh, in addition to the course, you get access to a private Facebook group with only students. It's where you share homework and you ask questions. And then also Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. my time, Pacific, I go on a Facebook Live just for my group and we interact and ask questions. So you get an hour of my mentoring every week when you get that course, no extra cost because again, I am trying to help. So what is in the course? Uh, it's basically five steps. Step one is how to learn your market. You know, it's, this is what you do. Find your, find your property type, find your market, look at it every day, look for these factors, 
understand what A, B, and C means, understand each cell of the spreadsheet. Step two is, okay, here's the math. Let's break down all the math because it's not hard math, but I, I never can assume everybody gets it. So we break down all the math in painstakingly detail. Then step three is we merge step one and two together and you start learning your market. You will start to understand what Chattanooga produces. Is Chattanooga seven and a half? Is it a four and a half? I have no idea. Is it a nine and a half? I have no idea. But in 75 days, you will know. And then step four and five is build your team, manage your team, what's your why, all of that. But I built a course for people like me. They don't want to get fluff. I, I just smack you right out of the gate with work. This is what you're going to do. And I actually give you my spreadsheet. I think I give you my spreadsheet in step two. And, and you have, basically, you have everything that I do. And frankly, the course is the best thing I've created in two years. I love my book, but it's just my story. The course is something I created and is helping people every day. I have student interviews on my channel, uh, which just make me feel all warm and fuzzy ha having these people share uh, how it's helped, helped them. So um, I'm very proud of my course. Wow, cool. It sounds cool. Uh, I, was, my, I told my wife yesterday that uh, I, I can't believe this guy out of the blue. He's like, let's talk. I'm like, what? No yeah. way. I'm freaking out. But then, then one of the things I told her, I said, he seems just like a common guy. Like, you know, he seems just like a down to earth kind of person that you can talk to and not have yeah. to worry about uh, feeling like you're on the spot or whatever. So cool. Appreciate that. Oh, no. Thank um, you for that. Yeah. Um, so, well, here's my deal. Uh, I've got some extra cash coming from, I filed for Social Security, getting yeah. some, some money. There. I got a, a little bit of a pension from GM. Yeah. And so, uh, so it comes to around 3200 bucks a month. Uh, and that's kind of what's going toward my savings toward the next investment. Sure. Supposedly supposed to retire in, in three years. Uh -huh. And got into the business late, basically, seriously, I got into the business late and just kind of wondering what your, your uh, hints might be for the next, and not that I'm going to quit after I retire. I just like yeah. to be able to you well, know, build on my build on whatever. Yeah. The big question I would have for you, and I think it's in step five of the course is what's your goal or what's your why, right? Most, I mean, let's just be honest, right? Most people in the country could live on 3,200 a month for the rest of their lives. I mean, yep. most, not everybody, but most. Um, yeah. so congratulations, right? That's, that's something to celebrate. So the question I would ask you, and I'll do it right now is what do you want to do? I mean, do you have, are you trying to shoot to get to five grand because five grand would make a difference? Are you trying to get, I mean, do you have a, and that's five grand total, right? So that would be 3,200 plus 18, right? Have you thought about that? You and your wife, what is the target? I mean, do you have that yet? What I did, you know, I, uh, Clayton Morris has this little sheet that he sends out. It's like, it's, I forget what he calls it exactly. It's like your, the number that you'll need to live on. So in other words, he, his he freedom number, he calls it his freedom. Yeah, number. yeah exactly. 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 Yeah. yeah. So I filled out the sheet and it basically came to around five grand with expenses and all that kind of stuff. Okay. We live, you know, we'd like to visit the kids periodically. So that, you know, not necessarily periodically, like, once every month, but like at least once right. a year. So let's say it's six grand. Let's just play this out a little bit. Let's say it's six grand. Okay. And again, it's your number. I'm just making it up on the fly. So six grand, you've got more than half that covered. Congratulations. What do you have in the first four proper or five doors? What do you have? What, what's the, what's the dependable cash flow in those first five doors? Cause it's not zero. No, it's, it's, uh, it's like 1500 to 2000 a month. 
All right, so let's just make it easy math for me. Call it 1800. So 3200 plus 18, you're at five grand already. You're a thousand dollars away from six, right? Yeah. So, um, shit, <laughs> you have a layup in front of you. Um, what I would tell you to do is learn your market. I would probably stay in Chattanooga. I, again, in your situation, you only need like two or three houses to get that extra thousand bucks. I would stay where you have infrastructure, right? You have a property manager you like, you have an agent you like, you have boots on the ground that will double check stuff. That's what I heard you say. So I would yep. stay there. I would not get crazy and go anywhere else. You don't have time to risk. You don't, don't risk what you already have by some stupid promise of other areas. So stay in Chattanooga. I think you should spend 90 days making sure you learn Chattanooga because at your situation, you should just do two great deals. That's all you should do between now and the next 18 months is two great deals. But remember, the market's kind of wonky today. Yeah. So you got to figure that out because you don't want to buy at the peak. I don't know Chattanooga, but Fresno is near a peak. It's getting crazy. So go figure that out. And the answer might be, honey, uh, we've got some capital. We got an equity line, but we're going to pause until the summer of next year. And, and you got to be comfortable with that. A lot of people in your situation that they're so close, they just want to go, 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 go. And if you learn your market, you, you might be buying bad deals. You, own, you I mean, again, I talk about Ted Williams because uh, he was the last batter in, in baseball to hit 400. And he got it down to where he only swung at 20 pitches, right? Those are, those are the only zones that he swung at. He let everything else go. If you learn your market, you're going to know if Chattanooga is investable or not. And I have no idea. If it's investable, you go do two great deals, Mike, and you're there. So that's what I would be doing. I would not be in a rush. I would, I would cool my jets a little bit. I would, cause you just need two more great deals and you've got your six grand and you can go see your kids three times a year, live in Brazil the rest of your life, man, life's good for, for Mike and his wife. It's awesome. Yeah. Cool, man. That was pretty encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, you know, you got a layup in front of you, but just don't miss people miss layups all the time. So. <laughs> be careful <laughs> that's funny so any other questions no no you got any kids i do i have a daughter it's, yeah she's almost 30 so yes when, when people ask if i have kids you know calling her a yeah. kid is yeah i have a young adult um, yes yes i guess 30 is almost an adult adult but anyway that just tells you how old <laughs> i am so uh at the end mike i wanted to pre you know i appreciate you doing this uh, shout out to Dorothy, my mom, for suggesting I reach out and help people. So, hey, mom, Dorothy, thanks. Yeah, this is for you. Uh, yeah. Be proud of your son. <laughs> uh, Yay. But, Mike, uh, what's the weather like in Brazil these days? I have no idea. Uh, it's it's wintertime here, and it's like uh, probably about 78, so pretty tough. <laughs> it's the winter, and it's 78. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, buddy. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Thank you very much. This will be loaded uh, in the next couple hours. Hey, Mike, I appreciate your time. Thanks All a right. lot. You got it.